Welcome to Monday on the Mic, the podcast that takes hair care seriously. Each month, we'll be having in-depth conversations with hair care experts and industry insiders, covering everything from ingredient intel and FAQs to hair trends and hot tips. Hi, Carolyn. How are you? I'm great. How are you, Sophie? <laughs> I'm good. I'm Sophie Phillips, and I'm the technical consultant for Monday Hair Care, and I'm joined here today by Carolyn Enting from Good Magazine. Thanks for coming in. Pleasure. It's our first episode of Monday on the Mic. Exciting. It's really great. I'm really happy to be here. <laughs> Carolyn and I caught up last week to talk about all things Monday, uh, and we thought it would be a good idea to formalise it in the form of a podcast, to have a conversation, to... Let Carolyn ask some hard-hitting questions, put me in the firing line, <laughs> and give you some answers um, for you know our listeners out there that might be wondering what all the fuss is about. Is Monday right for them? Talk about what's made Monday such a disruptive product. And we thought, well, who better to do that than Carolyn? <laughs> so thank you. That's great. Well, good magazines for conscious consumers who love lifestyle and the planet. So um, I was really keen to chat to you about, you know, the sustainability side of your products and also ingredients. And I guess starting with, you know, what makes Monday different to other supermarket hair care? What does changing the hair game mean? That's a good question. At the crux of it is disruption. What does it mean to be a disruptive brand? And in the hair care world, you know, what what is the difference between a product that you can buy at the supermarket and a product that you can buy at the salon? And Monday set out to break those walls down. So things that make it different to other brands that you might find in a supermarket would be quality of ingredients, concentration, its performance, as well as just looking really amazing in your bathroom. People obviously um, really resonate with the packaging. They want something that looks chic and sophisticated, that doesn't cost a fortune sitting on their bathroom shelf. And I think Monday's done that really well. It certainly has, and I was really enamoured with the beautiful pink bottles and immediately wanted those in my bathroom. They're just stunning. You've got the branding down pat. And the price is just fantastic. Then when I tried the product, I was really impressed because I, my hair was it just got this beautiful, lovely lift to it. I've naturally got really curly hair. Um, I tried the smooth one, and it's just, it gives it lovely form, and it's really shiny. And I also love the fact that the packaging is recycled. And can you talk a bit about recycled plastic in the product? Yes. Uh, the Monday bottles, the pink bottles, are made of 20% post-consumer plastic. So that's plastic that's already been used before out there in the world that comes into a specific factory and gets repurposed into brand new packaging. So we're at 20% at the moment and we're looking to increase that moving forward as well. And the whole bottle, including the pump, are fully recyclable once again as well. Oh, that's fantastic. I didn't realise that about the pump because the pump's a real tricky thing, you know, when you're putting out your recycling. And I'm always pulling out the pump and throwing that bit in the bin and feeling bad and then... You know, so if I can get a refillable product, I will. Yes, the pumps are recyclable. Just give them a good rinse before you pop them in your recycling bin. And looking forward to the future, we're definitely looking into having a refill option. So you can buy your pink bottles and then perhaps a little refill pouch of your favourite shampoo and conditioner um, to reduce recycling waste as well. That's fantastic. So some might assume that because Monday is working hard to be a sustainable brand, and that the, um, that the formula 
is also natural. Monday doesn't consider itself to be a natural or a green product. However, we use really high quality natural extracts in our products and quite a high percentage of um, naturally derived ingredients. And we combine them with engineered ingredients so that you get a really high performance product that makes the hair feel good without compromising on quality. So I've heard Monday contains some toxic ingredients. Is this true? It's not true. (laughs) And I would love to talk about that with you. Yeah, we've been copping a bit of flack lately for apparently containing some toxic ingredients. I think first and foremost, it's important to define what makes something toxic. Context and quantity are the most important things to note here. If I eat enough almonds or apple seeds, am I going to have cyanide poisoning? You know, we don't consider those to be toxic um, foods. And I think the same context can apply to cosmeceutical or cosmetic ingredients that we use in our beauty products. There are a lot of studies available out there on the internet. They're dense and hard to read for a lot of people and so it's easy to cling on to sound bites or information from those studies that get really taken out of context and they become quite scary. Um, so it's important to remember that the, a lot, the, the purpose of a lot of those studies is to find the absolute upper limits of safety for how individual ingredients can be used. The intention is to find a level of toxicity so we know that in future uses and formulations of these ingredients, we aren't coming anywhere near those thresholds. So MIT and MCIT is one I know you and I discussed um, on our call last week, and it's definitely becoming a bit of a hot topic, a little bit like parabens were maybe five or ten years ago. Um, MIT and MCIT are a duo of preservatives that are used in a lot of beauty products, um, And there are studies, as I said, published where uh, a level of toxicity was found, um, which is well over a million times the level of where we use MIT and MCIT in our products. We're way below the legal limit um, and exponentially lower than any level that could cause grievous harm that you would perhaps be worried about if you were to read snippets from these studies or if if those excerpts were taken out of context. So I completely understand why people would be perhaps a little weary, but you, the our formulations are absolutely not toxic. There's nothing to worry about in there. You obviously would have had them FDA approved or, you know, went gone through all those processes. In New Zealand, um, unfortunately, we actually have really lax rules around formulation, um, labelling. So rather than using New Zealand benchmarks, we've used international benchmarks in our formulations um, so that we know we're meeting the stricter criteria set out in international countries. Um, Unfortunately, it's just not here in New Zealand. So we've worked really closely um, in following guidelines that the FDA in America do follow um, and looking into more international markets we're very well aware of the legalities around different ingredients in the EU who are considered to be 
the toughest, the strictest in the world for what you can and can't use, are constantly reviewing and re-reviewing uh, individual ingredients too. So we're across it all. That's fantastic. Uh, going back to the MIT, because I was interested when I looked at the bottle, um, was just the number, sheer number of ingredients you had on the bottle. I was like, my God, there's so many ingredients in here. And I mm. got out my cosmetic dictionary to check some of the ingredients. And last week when we were chatting, I was really astounded to wait to, for you to say that, um, one, you are putting all those ingredients on the bottle because you want to be fully transparent. Mm. And so, you, and that, you know, legally in New Zealand, you didn't actually have to declare MIT because it was below the threshold of... As, you know, you can explain it better than me. <laughs> yeah. Different countries have different rules and regulations around what needs to be on the back of the bottle and what doesn't need to be. And a lot of the time, once your ingredients drop below a certain quantity, you're not obliged to print them on the label. So often you can look at a product and think, oh, that's a nice, concise list of ingredients on the back or what we call an inky and INCI is that ingredient list on the back um, when in reality there could be um, byproducts or impurities in there that they've actually just gone you know what we won't we won't put them on there so with Monday we're really proud of our transparency and that starts from our ingredient list on the back of the bottle absolutely everything that's in the bottle is printed on the back because ultimately an informed customer, they're going to make the best decision for them and their well-being. You can find those inkies also on our website and you can hover your mouse over certain ingredients and find out more information about exact quantity of what's in our product, which is virtually unheard of in the beauty world for, for a company to be publishing their exact percentage of each ingredient. Um, but we thought, well, why not? We've got nothing to hide here um, and we want to have that information available for anyone and everyone that has that question. And we'll be adding to those as well. We're working around the clock to develop educational assets available across our website and social media. We're getting questions every day and we can see that there's a real gap in the beauty industry. Maybe this is something I'd love to pick your brain about. Um, a gap in education and understanding. We see these ingredients and we have people say, it looks like hieroglyphics on the back of a bottle and I just don't know what it means. So... Part of my role with, with Monday, with Jamie and the team, is to expand that and to educate. I was just about to say that. <laughs> <laughs> when you see that INCI, inky, ingredient list on the back of a bottle, we need to give everything its correct international scientific name, which is why they can be really hard to understand sometimes, even if three quarters or more of the ingredients on the back are actually natural products. And I think the most obvious one that I could tell you would be salt, sodium chloride. You read sodium chloride and think, oh, that sounds so scary. And it's salt. It's salt. Even shea butter, which we use, or watercress, they've all got their inky names printed on the back of the bottle. So you'll see through our social media and through our website, we are trying to use both their known names like watercress and their INCI or inky name so that we can 
help people understand and be less scared of the ingredients that are on the back of their bottle, less overwhelmed. So what's the inky name for vitamin E? Well, one of them is tocopherol, tocopherol acetate. Again, pretty scary sounding, but at the end of the day, it's just vitamin E, which we can find in nature and we can also synthesise it in a lab. So speaking of scary names, there were some that when I looked up my cosmetic dictionary that popped up for me, like um, coramide MEA, which um, the dictionary said, you know, is can be an irritant, um, propylene glycol, um, and one I can't pronounce, um, cyclopentaslion. You, can you take over, please, Sophie? <laughs> yes. I Sorry, I let you drag that one out too much. I'm so mean. Cyclotetrasiloxane and cyclopentasiloxane are two different silicons that we use. They're also known as D4 and D5. They're really amazing silicons to use in hair care because they're slightly volatile. So they go into the hair, smooth it out, fix split ends, give you that shine and that gloss, and then a little bit of evaporates from the hair so that you're not left with that really heavy film that's um, kind of synonymous with old school, heavy, cheap silicons. Uh, So that's the job they do. Uh, We're really specific with the quantities of these ingredients that we use in the product so that they don't cause any issues. Um, So D4 and D5, so much easier to say, right? (laughs) Definitely. I'm going to write that down. (laughs) Uh, They have a prescribed limit, especially within the EU market, um, because they don't readily break down in water. So they're not toxic to us. They're safe to use, but we need to make sure that anything potentially entering a water system is kept at a safe level. So that's those ones. And then then propylene glycol. Propylene glycol is an ingredient, we've actually got it really low quantities, and it's in there to keep products stable through different temperature changes. When a product is freighted from its origin to its point of sale, um, it can be quite a long journey. Um, we freight our products by sea, but if you imagine something getting flown on an airplane and it's in a cargo holding, it's it's well below freezing. And so to ensure that a product stays stable and in its original form, we use ingredients such as butylene glycol or propylene glycol to to keep it stable to, I think our product goes down, safely goes down to minus 50 degrees Celsius. Uh, So that's its function there. The propylene glycol that we use is part of an ingredient family. So it comes in sort of pre-mixed and then goes into the shampoo that way. I love that you're creating educational tools for people to find out more about this and to learn not only what a product name is, um, like the salt, um, but also safe levels of a product and also what products actually do in the product itself. Because I work for Good Magazine, obviously, we're a lot about natural as well as um, sustainable and educating consumers on making good choices. And so when we test products before we put them in the magazine, we obviously try them because they have to work first. You know, people are not going to buy a product if it's really horrible to use if it feels you know if it's skincare and it feels cakey on the skin um, so that's I guess number one product has to perform and then people are sort of looking for you know ingredients that won't harm the environment or your own personal well-being sure. and uh, and then looking for products around you know 
packaging is a massive thing in, in the industry now as well because, you know, we we can't unknow now the damage that plastic is doing to the environment and so we have to find new ways of packaging up the beauty industry and the beauty industry is one of the, the worst polluters um, out there. And I look at my, I love products, so I, I'm in my bathroom and I'm staring at all these cosmetics and skincare bottles and feeling really guilty. Um, and so I get really excited when brands like Monday come along and they're doing something about the packaging problem. I think that's fantastic. Yeah, thank you. Unfortunately, New Zealand's got a, a slightly dysfunctional recycling system, which I'm probably, I'm sure you can speak volumes to. When it comes to plastics, we're not very good at recycling plastics. And that's a big reason for us to look into our refilling pouches. And we're also looking at different initiatives that are happening around ways to reuse and repurpose plastics as well. So watch this space. Um, It's something that behind the scenes we're really quite focused on, is the sustainability of how we run our business, big picture and little picture, whether it's you with one or two bottles of Monday products, or whether it's us freighting two million bottles um, across the ocean to your supermarket. Uh, on that, we choose to freight by sea, and we have no plastic packing packaging materials used in the freighting of Monday products because everything's got that rectangular footprint. They fit really snugly into purpose-designed freighting containers, cartons, cardboard boxes. They're packed with a little bit of brown paper, minimal tape used, put on a ship and delivered to your local supermarket that way and unpacked on the shelves. We're also in the process of developing some really beautiful merchandising materials that will stay as permanent fixtures within a supermarket rather than relying on cardboard containers to come and go uh, in the supermarket to hold your products on the shelf. So there'd be quite a Monday feature. (laughs) You'll notice with your beautiful pink Monday bottles that we screen print directly onto the packaging all of the information that you'll see on the front and back. We don't use any plastic labelling, so it makes that recycling even more efficient and less plastic ending up in in the tip as well. That's a really good point, actually. I hadn't really connected the dots on that one, but now I would think back to the bottle, and, yeah, that's a really smart way of going through things. Yeah. We're even thinking about, you know, when we're sending PR product out, how is it arriving? How are we sending it? How are things being packaged? We're using uh, water-based packing tape. We're using recyclable or reusable packaging. Um, So constantly thinking outside the box. We don't set out to be perfect. I don't think any company can be perfect, but we are doing our best. Well, that's the same with Good Magazine. You know, we, we're on, we wanting to get people on that journey and learning about stuff, and we're not completely perfect either. We we print on FSC-sourced um, paper. We print with vegetable soy ink. Um, we still print on paper, <laughs> even though it's, you know, sustainable. Uh, but And we have a problem too with packaging. We are trying to find an, an eco-solution to our packaging of the magazine when we send it out. Um, we've gone, um, we tried a compostable wrap, but then it, we couldn't get the supply anymore from China. Mm. It's also four times the cost. Um, we've um, 
had recyclable plastic, which you could put in the soft recycling, but then they stopped the soft recycling um, program, which made it much more difficult. We went to paper and then it would rain and then people would ring up and go, oh, my magazine's <laughs> wet. And so my pages are stuck together. And you're like, can I have another magazine? And it's like, well, we only print what we need, so therefore we can't send you another one. So it's like, oh, what do we do? So, you know, we are going to go back, I think, to plastic recyclable wrap for winter and then in summer we'll go back to the paper envelopes and hopefully it won't rain <laughs> but, it's, but it is tricky and and it's really hard to be 100% right and I do know that you know Monday being a disruptive brand you've exploded onto the scene you've you know sold out I think was it six months supply in two weeks mm-hmm. uh, so you know and, and then people are you know maybe detractors are saying hey you know and accusing you of greenwashing and I guess maybe just jumping into that you know, the assumption of if you're, you know, promoting recycled bottles and, you know, your product's 100% natural, which is actually not what you're saying at all, but but actually they kind of make that leap in their brain and and then, you know, and you're like, well, no, we, we combine natural with, you know, synthetic like most brands do. And I find it interesting. I love your transparency about it because um, so many brands will send out a – put on the bottle and go, hey, our, our – um, you know, we have shea butter, we have jojoba oil, and we've got some natural this and natural that, and they won't list any other ingredients and really push on that. So I love that you're listing all that. And actually, speaking of natural ingredients, tell me about the shea butter story, because uh, you were saying that you are getting a sustainable source or from, um, yeah, talk, talk to me through that. Yeah, our shea butter supplier is a Swedish company who... I guess much like Monday, are really transparent in their processes and sourcing of the raw ingredients, shea nuts, shea butter. And they've started a program which involves going straight to the shea farmers who are typically um, the women in the community. It's women's work in different African countries and making sure that they're getting fair pay, fair rates, Consistent pay, um, consistent work, because uh, prior to them approaching these farmers directly, there were middlemen who would often collect a, a yield and never pay for it, or they would ask for a certain quantity and then never come and collect it. So there was a, a real lack of trust there. Um, but these guys have gone straight to these women um, and community leaders, they've shown consistency, honesty and integrity in that way to build that trust in supply. And it means that no one's getting ripped off. Um, So the shea butter that we use, we consider to be sustainable in that sense. And they're also looking in, in the sense of replanting as well, making sure that the plants themselves are, are sustainable and, and renewable. And it's such a gorgeous ingredient as well, isn't it? What is it doing in your formulations? Well, it's offering moisture and that beautiful buttery texture as well that we know. Um, I just love that (laughs) the Monday team, there are a lot of women on the Monday team. And so I really like that it's a little nod to female empowerment as well to be working with um, to, to be working with women's farmers. Shea butter can also be an alternative um, ingredient to palm oil and palm oil is obviously a very bad ingredient um, that has been in a lot of traditional beauty products in the past. Would you consider that ingredient same, the use that you're using it for on Monday is the same as what 
you know, in the past people might have used palm oil for? Am I barking up the wrong tree there? Um, well, firstly, I would just like to say palm oil is actually a really incredible skincare ingredient. What makes it or what has made it a bad ingredient in the past is its sourcing and where it's come from and its impact on rainforests. So as a standalone ingredient, it's beautiful and it's natural. But unfortunately, unless you know where it's from, how it's got to you, um, it can be pretty vague. There are some amazing sustainable palm oil initiatives happening around the world for that very reason. People are demanding it, but it's a, it's a beautiful skincare ingredient or hair care ingredient. Um, Sorry, I suppose it's kind of a segue. <laughs> no, well, that's, that is so true. It is a beautiful ingredient and I am aware of the sustainable plantations and you have, you know, two sides. You have some people saying, well, we shouldn't be using palm oil at all and even the sustainable plantations mm. because it's creating a demand for the product. And I guess, yeah, as you say, it's not the product itself that's harmful. It's the fact that people are cutting down forests and, you know, harming orangutan populations. Because of that yeah. and, and because of our desire to have that product. We're really keen on making sure that all of our ingredients are traceable and we know where all of our raw ingredient suppliers are getting their ingredients from, whether that's the shea butter, whether that's our coconut-based products, um, so that we don't ever have that kind of issue and it's not something that we would want as part of our Monday story. I guess that lends itself to our sustainability story as well. So speaking of the Monday story, um, using the shampoo this morning, and I, I do love the fragrance. Um, it is quite strong, but I also, but I like that. Yeah. Uh, but when I spoke to you last week, you were saying you'd had some feedback from some people around maybe wanting to do something without a fragrance, and that, that's something you might be working on. Monday, the Monday office is like the ideas machine. Um, it's pretty quick fire and... Jamie, our girl boss, is such a beauty junkie. Um, we are always brainstorming new products, different products, out of the box. We're looking at what other people are doing. We're looking to our favourite products and, and asking why. Why are they doing this? Why are they doing that? What do we love about this? What do we not love about it? Fragrance is really polarising. Something that you love, I might hate. So it's really hard to please everyone. And... So with that in mind, I just thought, well, look, let's just get some samples sent from the factory that don't contain any fragrance whatsoever. And I was really impressed. It wouldn't be for everyone, but um, it's just an idea, something in the pipeline, whether we do a fragrance-free option at some point. There's certainly more people out there than ever before who are sensitive to fragrance or they simply don't want a fragrance that clashes with their favourite perfume, which is understandable. Um, so I'm, I'm always open to those ideas and we're lucky that we can kind of work on the, on the fly, off the cuff in that sense, um, and try it out, see if it works. We are looking at reducing the quantity of fragrance slightly in our shampoos and conditioners. Um, the cool thing about being as in touch with our customers as we are is that we do get feedback in our pocket 24-7, the good, the bad and the ugly. Um, and we had some prototypes um, made up with slightly lower fragrance levels and we thought they were really awesome. So you still get to love that iconic jasmine white flower scent. It'll just be at slightly lower levels. Well, I love that you can be so nimble and the fact that, you mm. know, your South Ruby product was so amazing that you 
don't have a lot of stock sitting around that has to be sold before you can sometimes make these little tweaks. I think that's fantastic. Yeah, 100%. Our factory is working at capacity at the moment to service the supply for Australia and New Zealand. Yeah, we did sell our six, we what we thought was going to be our six-month supply in a couple of weeks. We are finally back on shelves, which is so exciting. Um, people who missed out the first time around can run to their supermarket <laughs> and, and stock up. And those who were fortunate enough to get their mitts on some the first time around can go back for their second lot now. Um, but yeah, because we haven't got a big factory somewhere sitting around full of bottles waiting to be sold, it means that if we do make any adjustments or kind of have a, a product of evolution, so to speak, it, it happens so rapidly, um, more than I've ever experienced in my career. And that's thrilling. It's really thrilling. Actually, I wanted to chat to you about your career because you are a former hairdresser. I believe, or no? Quasi-former, like I Quas- dabble. I've got a toe in. <laughs> <laughs> so you are not haven't given it up completely. Well, my clients just stalk me. Google's dangerous. They find you. You can't hide. <laughs> um, my partner Chris and I have a salon in Auckland, in the city, um, and really I'm just the boss lady, and sometimes I go in and make cups of tea and just yarn to the clients, which is fun. He's he's the, the man in the salon. Um somehow has ended up taking care of everyone's hair in the Monday office. Bless them. Bless him. He's so patient. It ends up being a goss session. He doesn't end up getting a word in edgeways. But yeah, I've had uh, ooh, about a 15-year career now as a makeup artist first, then as a hairdresser, and then as an educator. So I've worked with some really incredible premium hair care brands, beauty brands. I don't know how I fit it all in. I don't either. So what do you do for Monday? <laughs> you're the technical hair care technical consultant, aren't you? Technical consultant is, yeah, my official title. Um, I've got my fingers in lots of pies. Uh, I give our customer service team support when they do get uh, more difficult questions, um, more technical questions, even if it's what the best product might be for a certain customer or... Um, if they've got a sensitivity or an allergy that they want to navigate, then I'm here to help them with that. I'm also working with Jamie and our new product development team in looking forward uh, with Future Monday products, which is so cool, (laughs) so cool. Um, Dreaming up lotions and potions and making them happen with our chemical engineers in China. Yeah, it's really cool. That sounds really fascinating. Dream job. Total dream job. <laughs> and I also believe that you're the annoying greenie on the Monday team. <laughs> I am definitely the annoying greenie in all senses. Uh, I've been working across the sustainability side of the brand uh, as well as any future formulations as well. Um, I think it's important to remember that it's impossible to be everything to everyone. It's a bit like how you were saying with Good Magazine and your readership. Some people are at the start of their journey with that, um, with sustainability and, and healthy living. Other people are way down the other end of the scale where they're, you know, outright green to, you know, in all senses, Um it's really hard to tick all boxes as, as a brand with a product, um, but we can do our best. And so that's why essentially we're just in this huge trial phase right now where we've got the biggest 
bunch of product testers you could possibly hope for across Australia and New Zealand. And we are ears open to exactly what they want and what they expect from their products. What do you think people have come to expect from new brands today, whether it's in a supermarket or in a salon? I think performance obviously is number one because, as I said before, you're not going to go back to a product if it doesn't perform, no matter how many green boxes it might tick. Uh, But people will also look for, um, you know, packaging. And if there's responsible packaging involved, then that's going to make them go back. And I think it's a given that that's where the beauty industry has to go. So if you aren't doing that now, you're going to be left behind, I believe. Uh, and then also natural ingredients and sort of looking looking for ingredients that are going to be good for the environment or for you. You know, if you're looking down the, you know, petrochemical line, um, I guess that whole plastic conversation and, and climate change. So... I believe that's where it's going, and when I buy products, I will I look for those things myself. Talk about price, for example, as well. Like that's a big, big one as well. We can't all afford a forty dollar, you know, shampoo. Uh, Absolutely. So you know, the fact that you can buy Monday for such a great price, you know, in New Zealand, eight dollars a bottle is just fantastic. And then when you use the product, um, and it does have that wonderful result that you do get from a salon hair care so mm. I, I really love that and I also love the fact that you are talking about how you how the different products actually work within the formula and and what that that does to the hair and um, you know where it goes so yeah I'm starting to ramble now I think uh, <laughs> no, and I, I think so I got right. I think I got off my the question that you asked me was um, you know what people are looking for but I, I do think that that's, you know, I guess it's price, definitely, especially in the current climate, a mm. um, product that works and makes you feel great. And and then if it ticks the boxes with, you know, good packaging and good ingredients, then you've, you're on to a winner. Yeah, I love that feedback. Thank you. We are very much of the mindset that luxury should be affordable. And, and that's what we're setting out to do is to bring a little bit of luxury into people's bathrooms. So I'm glad that that resonated with you. And it's certainly a crazy time out there in the world at the moment. Even just in New Zealand, let alone the rest of the world, people's livelihoods, their whole lives have really been shaken up um, by COVID-19. And so for Monday to launch in the middle of a global pandemic was pretty wild. <laughs> um, but it does mean that... I'd like to think that nobody feels like they're missing out on something really delicious and and that's a joy to use. I'm all about sparking joy. Thanks, Marie Kondo. <laughs> <laughs> Monday definitely sparks joy. And it's got to look good, right? Like a, pa- a product's got to look good. That's that's true. That's another aspect that I could have touched on is, you know, um, the fact it looks good in your bathroom is another another big tick. Because there is so much, so much um, bad branding out there, and that's speaking from the design snob perspective now. But it's funny going back to the joy. That's that's funny because that's what we try and do, and our goal at Good Magazine as well is we know we don't want to be doomsdayers. Mm. When people pick up the magazine, we want them to fill them with joy and optimism, mm. and give them you know real tools and information that they can make great choices. We're not telling them, hey, you must do this. We're saying, hey, here's a really cool way of doing something, or did you know about this? And we want people because it's such a crazy world out there now we want Mm. our readers to you know be filled up and 
feel hopeful and joyful and not feel bad about themselves. Oh, I love that. And yeah, people are tense. Um, these are unprecedented times. So any little pocket of joy, I think, is, is really is really important, even if it is just your morning shower routine. Um, and it can be really easy to start to feel a bit overwhelmed when you're thinking along the lines of health, wellness, sustainability, recycling. Um, there's a very negative side to it that's easy to sort of fall into and you think, oh my God, where do I start? But every little bit helps, right? Absolutely. And if you can start your day off with a nice formula in your hair and nice fragrance or non-fragrance, depending on your preference, um, that's a really good place to start. Yeah, good hair, right? <laughs> a sense of well-being. Carolyn, thank you so much for joining me today. I think you're the perfect person to have this conversation with, to be able to speak candidly and from such a place of wisdom with your experience with your magazine. Good magazine, guys. Check it out. Um, I would love to continue this conversation with our listeners, with our customers. If any of you have any questions or thoughts or ideas, we're all ears. Get in touch with us. Um, we'd love to hear from you. Thanks for having me on the show. Anytime. Thank you, Carolyn. And next time on Monday on the Mic, you'll hear from our founder, Jamie, the beauty addict, lover of all things pink. If you've got anything that you'd like to hear from Jamie, get in touch. First episode of Monday on the Mic in the can. See you next time, guys. Thanks for joining us for Monday on the Mic. Proudly brought to you by Monday Hair Care. We'd love to hear from you. Slide into our DMs with any questions you'd like to hear answered in the next episode. And if you liked what you heard, don't forget to rate, review and subscribe to this podcast. 